Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Breakfast special. Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special Climate Connections. Trees are known to have a cooling effect. When forests are destroyed, their surrounding areas warm up. But what that means for local rainfall patterns really depends on the territory. Studies in places like the Amazon rainforest have found that deforestation causes the area to dry out. And that's because trees add moisture to the atmosphere, while deforestation has the opposite effect. But it's a different story in coastal West Africa, which is nestled close to the ocean. Warmer temperatures over land strengthen the sea breeze blowing in from the water, and this breeze triggers the formation of thunderstorms. The result? More heavy rainstorms. Over in Sierra Leone's capital, Freetown, one of the rainiest cities in the world, this year's Earthshot Prize finalist, Manja Kargbo, who's co-architect of Freetown the Treetown Initiative, says deforestation and climate change have proven costly. In 2017, we had a massive landslide, 1,000 people dead within five minutes. That's on the, the largest scale of the disasters that have happened. But every single rainy season, we have disasters. We have a chief heat officer in our city because we re- recognize the challenges of heat stress. Um, there's no canopy cover. It's just the people and the concrete. There are no barriers in our cities. 500,000 trees are cut down each year in our city. We certainly don't have 500,000 trees being planted each year in our city. So we already know that um, at that level of 500,000 trees more a year, if this continues, at some point we will have no trees in our city. So for us, that is alarming. We have flooding disasters, we have landslides every single year during the rainy season. Now just to give you some context, rainy season runs from May to November. So you can imagine at any point in time, we're ready for a natural disaster to happen. And it's something that we're not able to mitigate against. Such disasters, along with coastal erosion, are becoming more common. In fact, the heavily deforested areas are now seeing twice as many storms than they experienced 30 years ago. Rapid urban development and migration, too, have left Freetown with low levels of green cover and many bare, paved or otherwise heat-intensifying surfaces, particularly around informal settlements such as Crew Bay. Freetown will expand from 1.2 to 2 million people by 2030. 60% of the population live in informal settlements. These are slums. Both Freetown's average daily temperature and annual rain patterns are likely to increase um, and global emission will rise, which will result in more intense heat and more intense period of rainfall. The rural to urban migration, it's very real in our context. One of our challenges is in terms of getting the exact data. There are projections, um, which we already know, but in terms of how it's happening on a more daily basis, that's not data that we have. But we know from working in, especially in our informal settlements, that we have more informal settlements coming up. We now have 74 informal settlements in the city, 475,000 of our population of 1.2 live in informal settlements and just to give you a backdrop of informal settlements these are in the coastal communities so in swamplands um, people are banking the swamps and building on top of swamplands and then on the hillsides they're cutting down trees 
to build houses to live on the hill. So it's a disaster because when you have a landslide, it comes from the hillside and it rolls down into the valley. So it's not a, a, a challenge of saying it's only in the informal settlements. The informal settlements are affected the most. The, the problems there are exacerbated the most. But everyone in the city is impacted by the challenges of environmental management or the lack of it in our city. Situated on a peninsula that juts into the Atlantic Ocean, Sierra Leone holds a special significance in the history of the transatlantic slave trade as the departure point for thousands of West African captives. That, along with the effects of a brutal civil war that ended in 2002, continued to be felt even as the city gained substantial economic growth in recent years. All these factors, coupled with new threats coming in the form of climate change, spurred Manja and her team to come up with Freetown the Tree Town, an ambitious city-led target of planting one million trees by 2024 in hopes of restoring what has been lost and protecting it for future generations. When we first started planting the trees, we'll go into schools, we'll go into communities, we plant trees, and we realized that there wasn't really that much community involvement, and that was a real challenge. So we had to take a step back and begin a process of co-designing. So the communities tell us where they're prone to disasters. They show us where they should go plant. Also within these communities, that's where the growers are. So I'm sitting in my community, I'm planting this tree, this tree is my investment, so the impetus for me to really look after that tree, make sure I'm monitoring it properly, is greater because I live in that community and I'm getting paid for what I do within that community. And so this model really has changed things for us. It's not like we have a 100% survival rate of the trees, we still have trees um, that don't survive, but we have an 80% survival rate, which is much, much higher than what happened in the initial start of the project and what we know generally happens um, with tree planting. So many trees have been planted that we've seen and uh, we go to the areas in a year and we don't see anything. But this has been different because of the model that we've used in terms of making sure the community are part and parcel of it and also making sure that they're getting paid so they understand that trees, yes, they are good for the environment, but there's also income. To ensure that efforts don't go wasted, Manja's team dug deeper to seed a sustainable process built around the climatic changes, as well as a digital system to monitor the trees. Each tree that's planted is planted in a community. We're able to assess, so we have areas in our city which are prone to more disasters than others. So once those areas are identified, we then decide how many trees we're going to plant and also what kind of trees we're going to plant because some areas we need fast growing trees because the disaster is looming immediately. So we identify a CBO, which are community-based organizations that's in charge of the location. The CBO then identifies growers. We then go to the nurseries. We have nurseries that we contract out to for seedlings. We get the seedlings from the nurseries. We get them into a store in that community. The grower will take the seedlings into their specific location. They'll plant the seedling and they have an app on their phone, which is a tree tracker app. They'll now take a picture of the tree that they've planted. They will GPS track the tree so we know the location and it's sent into our backend system. Once you upload that into the system, it now then sends a signal that this tree has been planted. It's been planted by this grower because the grower will then upload their picture and then will, it'll now trigger payment. So payment is done 
in tranches. So you don't just go, you plant the tree and you leave it. You need to make sure that you're checking that tree um, periodically to make sure that it's growing. And when you go to check the, the tree again, you take pictures so that we're able to monitor the growth of the tree. And that's how you get paid. With Freetown's initiative proving immensely successful so far, Manja says they're tapping on carbon markets to scale the idea and are also looking to share their model with other cities struggling with deforestation. We want to sustain and scale our idea through the sale of impact tokens at the carbon offset market. We want to sell to institutions so that we can sell finance and continue our reforestation beyond this year. There's so much that we have already benefited in terms of Earthshot. We've had investors reach out to us that we've been able to start pitching to. We've also had um, master classes just to really talk us through governance, funding, investments, just so that we're a lot more prepared to be able to sustainably scale and make sure that we have more impact. We are talking about Freetown, the tree town, but we have other cities within our country that we know that we can partner with. We also are looking at Tree Town Africa because beyond Freetown, beyond Sierra Leone, this is something that can be replicated across other cities. We are in talks with Tishwani in South Africa. We are also doing the same thing with Canifing in the Gambia so that other people can learn from us and replicate. When you have an idea that the world needs, you don't just keep it to yourself. You need to be able to share it. And for me, Earthshot really creates that platform for us to be able to sell our idea help people use our idea for themselves and they can even build on it. Freetown is on track to meet its one million trees goal. But Manja has heftier dreams ahead as she works hard at helping her community draw that delicate balance between urbanization and environmental protection. Right now, we're in another funding cycle and we're in the process of planting 250,000 trees, which will actually now take us to 1 million. You know, 1 million sounded like such a big number. Um, oh, we're going to plant 1 million trees. But then when we began to really look at the challenges, I mean, 500,000 trees are cut down each year, 1 million trees, that's really nothing. Um, and so we're looking at 5 million, 15 million, 20 million. So we're now more ambitious and we want to do more. We're limitless. There's no limit to how many trees you can plant. And that's how we're seeing it. We're putting numbers because investors always want numbers, but really we're going to plant as many trees as we can into the foreseeable future. This balancing act, it's always been there. It's like, it's like the looming thing at the back of everyone's mind. So we need to be able to link why it's important for us to care about not just what's happening in our own personal environment to what's happening to the holistic environment because we're all interconnected and that interconnectivity um, and the advocacy of it, our interconnectivity really needs to be more pronounced um, so that people understand that this is why we're doing what we're doing. We have tree planting as a project but we have so many other things. We have clean cooking that we're working on. We have uh, fecal sludge management, sanitation. So this investment in trees will go back to planting more trees, but it will go back to other adaptation and mitigation efforts of the city. This was The Breakfast Show's environment special, Climate Connections on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.